Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Sports Complex. Ah! Or the Horn. Sports Complex on the <laughs> Jacob Standard uh, keeps getting shocked every time he touches the computer out here doing our live stream, so it is very fun to me every time to watch him freak out. Uh, <laughs> we're back here at Round Rock oh! Sunday. Uh, myself. It's like uh, Bob Aaron Cole Hogan. getting tased. <laughs> exactly. We just need the sound effects. <laughs> we're here at Round Rock Hyundai. It's the grand reopening. Exit 254. You go right behind the McDonald's. You see the big Hyundai sign. You'll see the big sign out front, so you can follow that. Uh, they've done a complete remodel inside and out. There is an exclusive cons- customer lounge, and uh, you're going to be able to get the new Hyundai Ionic, uh, the electric vehicle. You can go test drive that. Check that out. 1019, I'm hearing works all the way up here very well, so you can put that into the, Hun- uh, the Hyundai Ionic and go for a test drive. They also have Hyundai Assurance, America's best warranty, 10 years, 100,000-mile warranty. You can get that checked out. These are nice cars, though. They saved Tiger Woods, is what we're going to say. So I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> so and yeah. that might be my next car, by the way. So let me get out of here before they sell me one. <laughs> the uh, the Genesis uh, SUV. No, later. <laughs> a few more years. A few more years. <laughs> we got to get through football season first. And you guys yeah. had to set us up right here where I'm looking at this great gray-looking sedan, four-door, sleek Genesis. That, I think, is awesome. Yeah, I'm just looking. Love at that vehicle. Lots of nice seating in here. It's, it looks it's it looks like it's a good place to come hang out. Those are, and Genesis are good it. cars, man. And yeah. I, the whole Hyundai brand. But I have not seen or driven the Ionics. But obviously they look sharp. I mean, good vehicles. There you go. Check, come down and, and check good some. people here in Round Rock. We will be here for another 45 minutes or so. Uh, we're taking off 6:45 to get you ready for Vandergriff football. Uh, pre-game starts at 7:45. They are playing Cedar Park, uh, but. Let me also mention that uh, Westlake Converse Judson tonight. That's a big one. That's a great game. Go Lake Shasta. Travis and Cibolo, Steel. That's yeah. a great game. Uh, Bowie plays Cedar Ridge. That's a really good. I mean, tonight's a really good night because this is the you only have three non-district games, so you get these big non-district matchups, and teams are trying to test themselves and get themselves ready for district play. There's some really. Is Ty going to make it over to the Westlake Judson game? Because these are two Texas State powerhouses playing right. You know, five minutes or five, you know, two blocks from the radio station. Are you going over there, Ty? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> this I thought that was the only reason he, he was working tonight. Is he agrees <laughs> because he knew that he could just head over to the Westlake game right after. I, I might what pop over for the first half. There you go. I mean, there's really good games. So if you're headed out to your Friday night lights and uh, grabbing some dinner or whatever you're you're going to do, man, it is it's a really good night of high school football. The district games are district, but these non-district games because most most uh, coaches are going to schedule a. Kind of a winnable game one if they can. Yeah. And then that game two, they're really going to test themselves. It's kind of like Texas playing Alabama. Uh, let's, let's see where we're at. And uh, then we can, we can work on getting better and drill down. If we lose, we're okay because district starts two weeks later. These are a really good schedule tonight. Yeah. It is a bunch of good games to check out. Yeah. And you'll be able to hear uh, Vandergriff right here on our airwaves, 1019 AM 1260. 
Uh, I did. We didn't mention it. Let's mention this real quick, though. Uh, also, because the, the Rangers will not be on our airwaves tonight because of Vandergriff. But huge series for all oh. big AOS teams. I always want to talk about this quickly. We've, we saw Astros got their first ever sweep in Fenway Park. Michael Brantley is back. Uh, they're, they're looking like they're starting to turn a corner. The pitching is still a question mark against good teams. Uh, but they start their series tonight against the Yankees, who are struggling. But it's always a huge series uh, when the Astros play the Yankees. The Rangers are starting their series off uh, against the Twins. The Twins, uh, which you know Carlos Correa can do us a solid, get some wins, strike out four times, <laughs> exactly. And uh, the sorry, Mariners, did I say that out loud? Was that on the mic? <laughs> He's not an Astro anymore, exactly. And, uh, and the Mariners are taking on uh, the, the New York Mets, so a lot of New York ties. But that is uh, with a the three teams entering September all within a game of each other. Uh, the, the one good news for the Astros in this is the Astros have two less games to play in September than uh, the Rangers or the Mariners. So when you look at those, that's why the Astros are slightly behind because they're .001 percentage point behind. Yeah, they have two two games they don't have to play. And the the Astros and Rangers play Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday yes. for the final time. The Rangers play the Mariners, what, uh, seven of their last ten games. Yeah, They've got the Astros games. are in the middle. The Mariners have to play the Astros and Rangers to finish the series. So if they come out and play hot at the end, they'd clearly run well, away and, with And Rod Babers had the stat this morning. I didn't realize this. It seems unique. And Rod was saying this is, this is the latest. Never before have three teams in a division been within one game of each other entering September. It's never happened. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and as you said, we got this huge series. I mean, the good thing about the Astros, Patrick, is that uh, if you're an Astro fan – is their last five games, they scored 52 runs. The offense is cranking up, right? They had a, a nine-run game in Detroit, 17, 13, 6, 7. They're starting to hit the ball. Uh, so the pitching is, you know, the starting pitching. J- JV's on the mound tonight, Verlander against the Yankees. That should be a win if you got Verlander at home against uh, Carlos Rodon, who's been terrible for the Yankees. So you feel good about that. Uh, but beyond that, as you said, the Astros and Rangers play three at Globe Life Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yes. I mean, these are huge head-to-head matchups. I mean, they're, they're huge swings in what this is going to be. And as you said, the Mariners' last ten games are four with the Rangers, three with the Astros, three with the Rangers. Yeah. So How could you ask for more? No, it's going to be a really fun September if you're in a fan of any of the AOS teams. Oh. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to watching all of that. But, yeah, and it's the funniest part with the Astros pitching this year is what I've started to hear more about and read more about is that they're getting affected by the pitch clock a lot because basically when they start to go downhill, these young pitchers, they can't not get out of their own head. And because there's no way you can kind of just throw it to first base five times and get Take yourself a back, you can't do that anymore. And so they get into innings, and Fran Valdez has, within Meltdown. four games, melted down twice and not given up a hit twice. Well, and Christian Javier, if Christian Javier, who I'm an Astros fan, I love the guy. If he were a golfer, I would hit him with a club. He's the (laughs) slowest person you've ever seen. It's like, would you just pitch? It's like the guy on the tee box. Just hit the ball, man. What are we doing? Or put the ball. Uh, Javier's slow, and so the pitch clock certainly affects him, and I think that has really been a big problem. Where would the Astros be without J.P. France? I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. Except for that one Red Sox game where he got railed in, yeah he had one up, bad start one bad i'll put start. up with that yeah exactly no he it's, had a bad day but he's been so reliable he he works quick which i love and yes. so does jv uh those two guys here are what you're relying on right now obviously without any lance mccullers any you know luis garcia this year uh jose arquiti's hardly done anything so they're they're kind of pitching they're kind of taping together they're, they're starting pitching right now that's why i say 52 runs in the last five games the offense is cranking up and you mentioned michael brantley is back that's a good thing. And the Rangers have to finish out, figure out how to close games. Yeah. Patrick, they're 15 and 27 in games that are tough and tight, uh, seventh inning or later. 
15 and 27. And something they were really good at early in the season that's fallen off now is that Bruce Bochy and, and the Rangers, they're having a hard time in these closeout games of series where they were at what Dusty Baker always calls the getaway game. Uh, he, they're having a, they were really good at that in the first half of the season, and it started to fall off now. Well, think about it. I mean, if we would, we would be entering September in a three-way tie in the AL West if they had closed out that game with, against the Mets on, uh, on Wednesday. They're up 5-3 to three in the ninth. They've got the game. They need three outs, and, they, and uh, LeClerc gives up the two-run homer. Yeah. Uh, then they end up in the 10th, in the and Aroldis Chapman walks back-to-back hitters and then hits a guy, and it's over. It's like, come on, y'all. Yeah, that, that's a Chapman that he, he looks really good most of the time, and then in certain situations he, there's a reason why you could tell that he is no longer New York Yankee, and there's a reason why he, he doesn't end up Baffling. Everywhere. I mean, for, and for the Astros, too. I mean, it's, yeah. And that's why right now, and I know the Mariners have to earn it because they've got all those games head-to-head down the stretch, but they're playing the best. I mean, Julio Rodriguez has had a ridiculous August. Uh, and it's playing as good as anybody in the game. Uh, and then they're pitching better than the Astros or Rangers right now. They really are. The Mariners are kind of locked in, and I can't wait for – this this last month. I mean, I know everybody's so fired up about football, and I am too, in college and pro. But man, I will be locked in this weekend where I can on the Astros, Mariners, and Rangers because it's it's going to be a heck of a race. We've never seen like it. We've never had three teams locked up like this with thirty games to play. I, I did see this funny stat about uh, Dominic Leone, who the Mariners picked up on waivers when uh, everybody released all of those. Yeah, and so and the Rangers didn't end up with anybody, and the Astros didn't end up with anybody. The Reds got a bunch of guys, and uh, the Guardians. The Guardians got a, picked up three players off the Angels. Yeah, who, uh, but this cashed out. But the line of Dominic Leone this season. Is he was released by the by the Rangers? The Mets signed him. The Mets then traded him to the Angels for the number twenty two prospect in uh, in the uh, Angels or Jeremiah, Jack, who's now the number two prospect in the Mets system. And uh, then the Angels tr- just waived Leon, and he ends up on the Mariners. So he's played on two teams in the AL West, and the Angels. Uh, he played on three teams, and the Angels were the only one to gave up a draft pick for him. And uh, that is why the Angels are the Angels. <laughs> Because they make moves I just like feel that. feel bad for that guy. He's got to call his wife every time. <laughs> Honey, we got to move again. We're going. We're going to Seattle. <laughs> oh, honey! Like every time the phone rings, the, the the wife's like, "Are they girlfriend?" Oh my god! Yeah, where are we going now? Where are we going now? Uh, let's talk a little bit of Texas rice before we got to get to this break. Uh, I know you guys are going to be down. Uh, Mockingbird campus. Saloon, baby. Mockingbird Saloon tomorrow, which we will get way, way, way more in-depth pregame from Aaron. Noon and to 2. Noon to 2. We'll be watching Colorado and TCU with the, the, the on-air broadcast of those window, but we'll get there a little bit earlier. Like, they really don't open until noon, but we're going to make them open at 1130. There you go. We're going to make them open. And, yeah, and you'll get a bunch of good content, so you can tune in tomorrow, yeah, noon to 2, for Aaron and Rod talking a bunch of Texas football. Let's get a little bit into it uh, now. I do have a piece of audio. This is – I want to give this to Texas people that you can – if you want a reason to try and push back on Rice at all because it's hard to get that up for Rice. So I had – I listened to the Rice press conference, oh. uh, Mike Bloomberg press conference for the game, and out of the 20 minutes he talked, there was only one thing that I could find that was, that was locker room material. Uh, here we go. Ty, do you have the audio from Mike Bloomberg when he was talking about Texas in his opening statement? We, uh, we have an awesome opportunity this week heading to play the University of Texas. It's a great challenge for our football team. We understand how talented they are. We've been preparing all offseason for them. I think physically and mentally, we're a stronger football team. And uh, that's going to give us our best chance as we go out there. <laughs> they, are, they, they are not only – mentally, I get it. I think that's more offensive to say you're mentally a stronger team. But to say you're physically stronger than Texas seems like a bit of a reach if you're Rice. 
But that is that's the best I could find of what uh, if you want to get worked up about it. Uh, Mike Bloomgren thinks that his team is mentally and physically stronger than Texas. So uh, put that, Sark, you can put that on the, the board. Yeah, put it on the board. Uh, if you need that against Rice, <laughs> help us. I, look, I just, I, we, I want the, like, one of the things I want to look at in this, I, you know, we're not going to blitz much uh, during this game. It's going to be something where you're, you're going to have to, you know, get natural pressure because you don't want to show off anything defensively no. before you go play uh, Alabama, who did name Jalen Milrow the starter for week oh, one. Oh, they did. I didn't see that. Good. So he, is, he will be number one. They didn't say he's going to play the whole game. Sure. They said he is starting week, uh, week one uh, against Middle Tennessee State, the Blue Raiders ooh, of Middle, ten- Middle Tennessee State. I had a high school teammate that uh, played at M- Middle Tennessee State. He's a Blue Raider. He was a basketball player, but he, yes. The Blue uh, Raiders, so I knew that. Uh but I, I want to see if, you know, you want to get these defensive linemen mad enough because you want to see if you can pressure organically and figure out which guys you can And you should in. be able to. You should Rice, be able right? to. They don't have – I mean, they, they, you know, they can talk good about their own line at a point. They just don't have the size and, and again, physical strength to – they shouldn't be pushing around Texas' uh, D-line. Well, and that's, you know, I, my overall thought on this game, and Rod and I talked about it this morning, the first quarter and a half is what matters, right? Rice yeah. can't – Rice literally physically – Depth-wise, can't hang with Texas for 60 minutes in the heat. Uh, Texas has too many good players. I mean, Texas could run out their second team, and, and it would be a pretty good game yeah. uh, in my mind. Uh, maybe even a blowout or maybe even a comfortable win for Texas. That's how deep Texas is right now. But what you want to watch for, in my mind, is that first quarter, those first four or five drives either way. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, and the first four or five drives either way. And, you know, is Rice getting anything? Because I'll go back to what Sark said at the beginning of the uh, – of the training camp when he said, we're, we know we're so far along in our install. We have so much coaching continuity on our team and so many returning players. We're good. We, we, we know yeah. what our offense is. We know what our defense is. We've got our schemes. We've got our playbooks. We're going to start working on the, the difference-making plays of a game. We're going to work on third down. We're going to work on fourth down. We're going to work on you know, down and distance. We're going to work on red zone. Uh, we're really going to drill down on the, uh, the things that make a difference in a football game, the, 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 what separates winning and losing. That's what I'm going to be watching. How do they look on third down on yeah. both sides of the ball? How do they look in the red zone? Do they execute and get touchdowns, not field goals? Do they keep Rice, if Rice can even get into the red zone? How do they execute there? Uh, and then specialty teams. These are the things that, you know, we talk about the, the things that annoyed you about a football game and certainly watching Florida last night, the mental miscues. <laughs> those are things you've you got to play this game at least until halftime like you're playing Alabama. And I want, that's what I want to see. Who's mentally on point? Where's Quinn yours? Because Rod Babers has made this point many times in his deep dives. The, the strength of the Rice team is their secondary. Yes. They've got really good players in the back end. They can't compete with Texas on the lines of scrimmage, so Texas really can line up and smash them. They should be able to. If they can't, be very afraid. They should be able to physically impose their will. But don't you want to see Quinn Ewers have to go through some progressions to, to, to make good reads against a good secondary, to make some throws into some coverages that they've got for you? Uh, because that's going to be the question for me is Quinn Ewers as a more than a one- or two-read quarterback. Yes. A progression quarterback who can – wait on the next progression because the first one's not there to not force it to Xavier Worthy because that's what he wants to do. And that's what he's always done through his career because that's usually open or he's got better players at South Lake Carroll or wherever. And that's what Sarsman working with him on. Look, the offense, the defense will tell you where to go with the ball. We've got options on every play, uh, and there's always an outlet. You know, take your time, work through the progressions. Your, your line's going to give you protection. I go back to when, when he had Mac Jones at Alabama, and Mac Jones, when he, he was just back there, okay, point guard, find the spot. Do I, am I going to Devontae Smith? Am I going to go here? Am I going to go into the flat to Najee Harris? Just, that's what I want to see from Quinn, a quarterback who's elevated himself to just letting the offense flow through him, not trying to force things that, that aren't there. Yeah, and I mean, that's, 
for Quinn too, it's it's being able to sit in a pocket and not you know get happy feet mm-hmm. too quickly into those those routes where he, we've seen him in years past where he or last year when he was he would drop back and if Xavier Worthy he would wait too late on some on some of these passes to let everybody read his eyes and then still throw the pass. Yeah. And you just want to see him move through his uh, progression. Uh, and I think I, what I see when I watched him last year, and we've gone, I've gone back through the summer and watched one of those games again, he was thinking the game. Yeah. And you could, you could tell because, of course, again, it didn't help him that he got hurt in game two and missed four or five games and then came back. He missed a lot of reps he needed. And, it, and we all saw him against Alabama, and it, it was coming so easy in that yeah. first quarter. It looked like they were going to blow the tide off the field. And then he got hurt. And he needed those reps in those other games. And he didn't get them. Then when he came back and he played so good against Oklahoma, uh, it was like, okay, well, we got our guy. And then, of course, like every young player and every young quarterback is going to deal with, adjustments get made. Defensive coordinators get more film on you. They throw things at you. And quite honestly, he didn't handle it very well. And he looked like a quarterback who was thinking through the game. Uh, something that I, I want to see him play like a natural player. Just exactly, don't play yeah. like a robot. Play like a football player. If the play breaks down, take off and run. If the play, if the pocket collapses, move. Uh, get out and make a throw. Make a play. Just play football. Uh, well, and, that, and that's it. When you say make a play, and that's he talked about in his availability a week or so ago, talking about the relationship with Sark changing enough now that last year he felt a lot that, all right, whatever I'm doing, I'm about to get yelled at, and I'm, I know I messed up this. So if I mess up this, I'm going to mess up the next three things because I know as soon as I come off this field – I'm getting an earful, so I, it, it knocks me out of my, my rhythm. Whereas in that Alabama game, in the Oklahoma game, he was able to just keep going and keep feeling the game, and he, he wasn't worried about it. And hopefully the relationship is built up enough now between him and Sark that he's not as worried and he can make one mistake and not let it snowball into an entire bad game. Well, and Sark doesn't need to be ripping his quarterback between series no. while he's coaching the team. No, he doesn't. And his offensive coordinator's up in the booth. Might need someone else to do that. But either way, I, I agree with you. And, and look, again, having been at the Alabama game live and then the Oklahoma game, the Alabama game was just Sark script, right? Everything he dialed up worked. Yep. It was really well scripted. They had Alabama on their heels. These were all designed plays. You know that they worked on them week after week after week, and certainly the whole week of practice. It was like a, a, a you know, you know, ballet or something. They, 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 <laughs> he wasn't thinking. He was just playing, and that's why it looked so smooth. But the minute you have to tap the ball and things, the first read's not there. And the Oklahoma game was just, I mean, Oklahoma's defense was so bad. I mean, they provided almost no resistance to them. Uh, that was as bad an Oklahoma team that you're ever going to see. Now, that, that was after they got beat by Oklahoma. Uh, TCU really bad the week before, and Dylan Gabriel got hurt. They were just a mess on defense. And I'm not taking anywhere from Texas 49 to nothing. You own that forever. But all Texas fans who have been to a lot of Cotton Bowl games, you've never seen an Oklahoma defense that feeble. Yeah, I, and that's what he took advantage of. But again, it changed. But now I want to see, and because I watched, I was at the Alamo Bowl against Washington. They didn't lose that game because of Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers no. played really good in that game. Can he build on that? Take it through the offseason, and can we see that show up as a guy who's just playing quarterback, working the system, looking like a real life football player? And yeah, you know he's going to make mistakes, uh, and and Sark's going to get up his up his rear if he does. That's good. That's good coaching. But. I just want to see Quinn be a natural football player. Yeah, and I also – I'm curious what's going to happen in this game in the second half. Yeah. Because we're hoping that Texas will be handled and everything else. But something that Sark has driven home in the past few weeks with the scrimmages and since the Alamo Bowl is that energy in the second half because we know Sark play calling in the second half has not been great. Nope. Uh, to be nice about it. And, you know, he hopefully – 
He's mentioned it a few times of things he needs to work on, his coaching staff needs to work on. He's never blatantly come out and said, I, I, I didn't do well with this last year, I need to do better. But he's hinted around that, that he is, understands that he had some shortcomings in the second half. But he has also made a very big point that he needs his players to play an entire game focused. He needs to have his players play an entire game with a type of energy. And so I – Seeing this game, it would not make me. It would make me believe that he's going to come out second half with a lot of starters still coming out of that lineup, or whoever is coming out of that tunnel. He's going to try and get them amped up. Like this is not. You don't get to come out like we're up. However many points we're up, you're coming out like we're down seven, or you're coming out like we're tied right now. I need you to play hard. And I think in that fourth quarter, when he sees guys start to kind of loosen up, you may see him start to go. Okay, we need to start focusing. If there's penalties, everybody like no more fun. If yeah. there's penalties. <laughs> no more fun. No fun for you. No fun if there's penalties. So if you play a clean game, you can get yeah, away with it. You want to see the more. bar held through. And, and you know what? If, if Sark's true to his word, it'll be the veteran players who will make sure that the young players yeah. are, if they make a mistake, it won't be the coaches having to jump them. It'll be the other guys. It'll be the Jalen Fords of the world. It'll be the Jordan Whittingtons. Those are the guys, when the young guys get their chance, that are going to be holding that bar and holding to them to account. That'll be the sign of a healthy program in my mind because uh, they all understand what's on the line and they have to. Like this game against Rice, maybe their last chance to get on the field. I mean, they're not going to. Yeah. Now, you hope they don't have to get on the field against Alabama because you're going to go with your best 11 and best 11 for most of that game. You are, but but those wide receivers, we, I mean, yeah. you know, Stark loves to have a deep threat guy that may just be even there. Yeah, I think, well, I think Jonte Cook has earned the right to be on the field in those situations, yeah. but you've got to show it in real time because we've seen a lot of Texas teams and players in the past – gosh, 10 years who, you know, we hear about them in practice and then the lights come on and there's 105,000 yeah. people there. Where'd he go? Like, what happened? And we talk about mental mistakes we don't like, and Ty says when it hits him in the hand, when Quinn Ewers puts the ball right on a deep route, and it, Sark drew it up perfectly, and that ball bounces off of his hands, and it was an easy touchdown. Like, well, yeah, you're probably not going to get on the field against Alabama yeah, if you drop that ball against Rice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Jalen Ford, though, did you see Lamborghini has announced their newest uh, sponsorships for the season for Texas? I'm assuming it's Jalen Ford. Jalen Ford, Jordan Whittington, and Jake Majors. Dang. All getting... The center got some, some, I, some love? Because Texas, the Sark understands. Texas won fun. They understand. Hey, man, show, the old, show some linemen some he love. He needs more than just pancakes. <laughs> show him some love, and we are going to Pancake get... factory. So, yeah, Lamborghini, Jordan Whittington, Jake Majors, get and Jalen Ford uh, are all now on the uh, Texas's uh, parking enforcement watch list. Great ideas. I'm looking at this sedan. Can I get a Genesis NIL deal over here? Can that work? <laughs> who, who do I have to talk to about that? <laughs> to where's my NIL yeah, deal? Where's our NIL deals? I, I don't think we have the same impact. I don't think we're going to be. Come on. Are we not doing the show in front of 100,000 people tomorrow? <laughs> Like seven people here. Yeah, we're you know we'll be we're it's almost like we're at DKR right now. We're the car <laughs> here, but we know you're all listening out there on the way to your Friday football game or dinner. Yes, no, we we appreciate you tuning. In. Uh, we will we can, uh, we are out here at Round Rock Hyundai. Uh, we'll be out here for a few more minutes. Exit two fifty four behind the McDonald's. It's a grand reopening. They're going to have the party though continuing tomorrow, uh, where you can come out and look at some of these great cars. They have the new Ionic. The Hyundai Electric Vehicle, it is an SUV. the SUV is the Iconic 5. The sedan is the Ionic 6. They have the Hyundai Assurance. Uh, Assurance. It's America's best warranty. They uh, is a new customer lounge. It is very nice in here. It is. I'm not sweating, which is always nice. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's, so, in it's this lovely weather in here, here. It is lovely out here. The cars look great outside. Uh, you know, we know that we're, we're going to try and scare Aaron Hogan out of here before he goes and buys a new car. Oh, yeah. I got that one. <laughs> but uh, we'll be out here yeah. for a few more minutes uh, out at Round Black, Rock Hyundai Black uh, here on the Sports Complex. We will come back, wrap it up with some picks for the weekend game, and get you off to Vandergrift versus Cedar Park at 645 pregame. All right, here on the Sports Complex, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on The Horn. It's a 512 Friday. Got some Peterson brothers there. They're playing Saturday at Antone. It's going to be a fun night. Hopefully we have a big Texas win and you can go out and enjoy yourself on a Saturday night over at Antone's enjoying some great music from the Peterson Brothers. Uh, be fun if you're downtown. You're still tailgating. I don't know if you're going to make it if you start tailgating before the game. Till then, if you do, you're you're probably younger than I am. I don't, I don't know if I have that stamina. I have a fantasy football draft at 9 o'clock on Saturday night. 9 o'clock. It was when it, I, I, we've all reached the age of everybody in that group has now reached the age where you have to basically – It's we were going to do it at one point, then we were going to do it Monday at night, and then everyone's like, well, half the group has to wake up early, so they didn't want to do it late at night. I'm like, well, I don't get off the air till 7, so I can't do it until 7. And, yeah, it just became, well, we'll do it on the weekend, and we can only do it on Saturday. We can only do it at 9 o'clock at night. So I'm going to hopefully not be too drunk, but we'll see. We're giving you up to Vandegrift uh, at 645. Uh, get you pregame for them versus Cedar Park. We got a few minutes left here. We're at Round Rock Hyundai for a few more minutes. Uh, our sister station, Coke FM, will be out here tomorrow as well. So more chances for you to come out and enjoy uh, all the options you have here at Round Rock Hyundai. It's exit 254, just behind the McDonald's on the I-35. It is very easy to find. There's a big sign for Hyundai. You will come on out. Uh, it's a grand reopening, a complete remodel inside and out. The place looks amazing. Uh, it smells good. It feels good. I'm enjoying, I, I've enjoyed my time here today, so I would, I would encourage you, if you are in the market, to even look at a new car to come on down. Check out this exclusive customer lounge. Uh, they, the Hyundai uh, factory program vehicles and incentives are available for everybody. You can check out the new Ionic if you're looking into a Hyundai, uh, if you're looking into an electric vehicle, the Ionic Experience. There's an Ionic 5, there's an SUV, there's a sedan as well, and the Hyundai Assurance America's Best Warranty. It's 10 years, 100,000-mile warranty. You can check all that stuff out. Uh, here at Round Rock Hyundai, going on all uh, going on tomorrow as well. Uh, before we get out of here, I do want to make some picks, give you guys a couple things to look for uh, in the weekend. Ty, if you want to join in, if you, any of these sound uh, like crazy picks to you, I know you are a uh, gambler as well. So if you have any picks in here that uh, sound crazy, uh, the first one I'm going to start off with, which is a game that is not necessarily. The uh, uh, biggest game that everybody's going to watch, uh, West Virginia versus Penn State, uh, is an interesting one for me because West Virginia is clearly on the, down, on the downturn. They have not done well the last few years. No one really expects them, but this is a big game in that it is a Big 12 game versus the Big 10. And if West Virginia can even hang in this game, it will do a lot to uh, show that there is not a complete falloff in the Big 12. Penn State is favored by 20.5 points. Uh, we know that they, Penn State has looked pretty good the last few years. Uh, 
being able to beat most teams except for the big ones. West Virginia clearly not one of the big ones. Uh, they have Drew Aller, a five-star sophomore starting at quarterback. Of course, Garrett Green for West Virginia. I have Penn State covering on this one. I do not think West Virginia is going to be able to hang in this game, even though uh, someone is a, is a Big 12 and, and trying to, you know, keep the, the, the conference alive for the last couple – the last months that Texas is in it. Uh, I don't think that uh, West Virginia is going to be in there. Ty, is that a pick that you, uh, you're, you're on board with, Penn State being able to cover here? I'm actually on the other side there. You think West Virginia is going to come through? Yeah, I mean – 20, 20 and a half is a lot. I, I'd be probably feel it better buying it up to 21 and not having the hook there. Um, I like but that. I think, yeah, I think it will be, it'll probably be close to, to around that number. I, I, think, I think West Virginia keeps within three scores. Yeah, I, I feel that Penn State is going to try and run this one up. They're number seven in the country. They need to go take out the trash with uh, some conferences. And this West Virginia team has just not looked good at all the last few years. I know they're coming out and trying to step it up in this game. I don't have them doing very well, but – Ty is the the professional at this. I am. Uh, I'm only the. Uh, I know. I know more. We're talking. About. I'm not a big gambler though, because uh, I like to gamble with other people's money, not my own. Is how I like to do it. Uh, Colorado TCU. We talked about it earlier. Uh, Colorado is a 20 and a half point dog. Again, this is this hook. I do think Colorado covers this. I think they come back late in that game because they are basically starting so many. Uh, freshmen and playing so many freshmen in this game and playing so many young people that I feel TCU may let it go at the end and you might get a backdoor cover for uh, Colorado versus TCU. I know that TCU may try and uh, solidify themselves coming off of a national championship uh, appearance year. They may uh, try and solidify themselves by blowing out Colorado. It, it is a big victory. We talked about it earlier. No one knows what Colorado is going to do. They, they may be one of the worst teams in college football this year again. They've been one of the worst teams for probably the last five, six years. Uh, I, I just feel like they're going to be able to cover here. I don't have as much faith in a TCU team that does not, you know, a bunch of new starters, a bunch of people put it together. Sonny Dykes kind of is, is a history of having a really good team, and then as his players start to come in, it goes downhill a little bit. Uh, are you Which side are you, are you on a Colorado TCU tie? I'm taking TCU all the way. TCU to cut. We're oh man, me and Ty are going again. We have to put some money on this tie. Maybe we'll have to see. Put in uh, UNC South Carolina. Uh, I look. I, I have UNC covering this one. It's going to be close. It's a two and a half point line on this one. Uh, I will say I take the over too. It's sixty four and a half. Last I looked, I would take the over in this game. Both teams uh, very subpar defenses. Uh, UNC should be able to score a bunch of points. So that was the one I would take. There is the over on that one. Tie. Are, are you going South Carolina? And I do like that one. I agree with you there. Okay, you're with me on that one. Uh, UTSA at Houston. Houston wearing those uh, Oilers jerseys that are uh, a throwback to the Oilers. UT- I'm really hoping – I wanted UTSA to come back and wear the San Antonio Gunslingers jersey, the USFL team that nobody remembers. Uh, but I wanted them to wear that green. I feel like that would be a very good Oilers-Gunslingers uh, matchup. UTSA is favored by two. I like that all day long. Uh, I think just Frank Clark and, and – Frank Harris, I'm sorry, and that UTSA team – what they can do. I know you're going into Houston, but I, I like UTSA in this game. They, it seems like an easy pick for me. Ty? That's one of my favorite picks of the weekend. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. That two points seems – it seems like that's crazy, right? I get that, that Houston is now in the Big 12, but – I think it's just where the money I – don't, I don't think people realize uh, nationwide how good UTSA really is. I think that's – Yeah, that seems like one that is, well, it's a power five versus a, a group of five, so we have to take – the group yeah. of the Power 5 teams should be winning. That could make sense on that one. Uh, South Alabama is at number 24, Tulane. Uh, Tulane is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Both teams 
are fighting for relevancy. South Al- uh, South Alabama was ten and three last year. Tulane was twelve and two. Uh, it is a matchup of two teams that have not played hard schedules, but have won a lot of games. So it should actually be a fun game to watch. Uh, pretty competitive. Tulane's got just under a touchdown. I think South Alabama. Uh, actually keeps it in there. I, I, that's a risky one. Tulane is ranked number 24 in the country, but they've lost five of their top tag, their top five tacklers. Tulane lost. Uh, I think this is one of those. You've reached your peak. I don't know if they can continue it. Uh, have you seen anything about this game, Ty? This is actually my favorite game of the week, uh, pick wise. Okay. Here, I have a Tulane minus six and a half. Uh, Pratt, their quarterback, coming off of a phenomenal freshman year last year. Uh, I, I just really like what they're doing in Tulane. That was one of my biggest moneymaker teams last year. Uh, had them over USC in the Cotton Bowl, so I'm, I, I think they'll. I think they'll get it done. I, I have a minus six, minus six and a half. I like. I just tell you, South Alabama to me, they were ten and three last year. Another, they were good. It's just a fun matchup. I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching this one. This is one that I'm sure I'll put other people's money on just to uh, enjoy that game a little bit more. And uh, finally, the Sunday game tie: LSU, Florida State. Number five versus number eight. LSU is a two-point favorite. It is a tight one because uh, we know that is Jalen Daniels. We know that there is Heisman candidates on both sides of this field. Jordan Travis versus Jalen Daniels. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a really fun game to watch on a Sunday night. Means a lot for both conferences. Uh, I, I have more faith in Brian Kelly at this point. I think Florida State's good. ACC was down last year. I think that's where Florida State gets a little bit of a benefit. Uh, I'm not fully sold on the uh Jaden daniels train i'm not fully on that one yet but i think lsu can pull out uh, a small victory against florida state there what do you think ty i like lsu in this one uh revenge after last year that missed extra point in week one last year i, I don't think they forgot about that i think they'll come out uh hitting hard do you have any other big picks that you made for your uh for the the sex panther picks this morning ty i think those were all the game like the five games that i picked this morning <laughs> they're, so, they're the biggest games yeah. of the weekend for sure uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Remember, you can check out uh, Aaron Hogan and Rob Babers at Mockingbird tomorrow and uh, go watch some of the games, the early games with them, and then uh, they will do be doing pregame from noon to 2 right here on the 1019. Airwaves, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be watching this game. I think this is the game that I agree with everybody on the poll uh, that uh, I'll be watching at my house and trying to uh, just pay attention and, and watch for mental mistakes. That is the biggest thing we're watching for. In week one here versus Rice, there's not a ton. That and the running backs, uh, if you're watching that one too, you want to see a running back take over, whether it is C.J. Baxter, whether it is uh, Jonathan Brooks. You want to see a running back take over this game, really dominate, and have to get pulled out of the game because he's beating up on Rice too bad. That's what you'd really like to see happen in this game. Uh, but I don't know if, I don't know if that's going to end up happening, but I would really like to see that. That'll make me feel a lot better about the Alabama game in week two. Big thanks to Aaron Hogan for coming out here uh, and joining me today. Thanks to Ty Henderson back in the studio, to Marcus, Christina, and Jacob all out here joining me at Round Rock Hyundai. Come on out and join us at Round Rock Hyundai. Uh, Tomorrow there will still be the party going on. We won't be here. We'll be watching football. But you can come out and check out some of the new great cars here at Round Rock Hyundai. Uh, We will be back on Tuesday. (laughs) We'll be back on Tuesday uh, right here on the Sports Complex. Be kind. Keep your underwear clean. And we'll see you next week. Peace.